0: Visit the Vendor Process Training Center to enroll in your choice of 55 plus training sessions that will help you and your team avoid fraud, compliance fines, and bad vendor data. Or just sign up to get access to Vendor Process FAQs and to attend weekly drop-in live Q&A sessions. Visit training.deborahr.richardson.com today. The link will be in the show notes. It comes around each year like clockwork, getting your vendor master file ready for annual tax reporting. And it's a great time to focus on all your vendor records to ensure the vendors are real, that their data is accurate, And if it's not, you have time to follow up with the vendors to get that corrected information. Also, if you'd like to find out how to get 17 more tips, keep listening. Welcome to episode 258. It's time to clean your vendor master file and here are three tips. Now, I do have a podcast episode this year around the same time, October, uh, because it's a very good time to clean your vendor master file. Um, But this year, I am also going to include a link because I have a... Uh, webinar that is coming up. It's called, or it's part of the 20 tips in 20 minutes series. So if any of you have been following those and attending my monthly series for 20 tips in 20 minutes on a specific vendor topic in October, it is going to be cleaning your vendor master file and uh, keeping it clean. Now it's sponsored by uh, Financial Operations Network, which has the vendor info portal. Um, And so if If you are interested in that, I will have a link to that in the description. But again, I always talk about this in October because it's a great time to do it. Now, this podcast is being published on Thursday, October 5th. But if you happen to be listening after this date, maybe you're into January, it is never too late to start the cleanup process. And uh, specifically for those U.S. entities, if your company is a U.S. entity, you know January is like go time for tax reporting. So let's talk about uh, cleaning your vendor master file and some tips. But I'm going to start with, right, um, again, this is a great time, although... I recommend that it's, or I say it's really been time since I recommend cleaning your vendor master file monthly, quarterly, semi-annually, or at the very least annually. Now, those of you who have just rolled your eyes or went, she's crazy. Yes, I know. Um, But if you've listened to my podcast over the years, I've often stated how when I was a practitioner, yes, I did have a team of 17, um, but I did spread it out and assign to different um, team members the monthly task of cleaning each of the vendor master files. And we had seven uh, different accounting systems or ERPs or different instances. And so I would assign those two folks to uh, clean up on a uh, on a monthly basis, so it can be done. It's just where your priority is, and I also tell you that um, within the tips that's in the webinar, I talk about a um, an eight step or steps uh, a process uh, steps in a process, I guess is the best way to say it that you can do it so that it makes a little more sense. Um, so make sure you sign up for that if you're interested. But on today's uh, uh, podcast episode, I'm going to talk about three tips. And again, just kind of reiterating why October is prime time. If your company is a US entity, if you start now, you have time to revalidate the IRS 10 match, for example. So do your bulk upload either with the IRS e-services or uh, 10check.com or uh, whatever uh, tax or 1099 or 1042 software that you have. A lot of them will allow you to do tax, uh, the, the 10 match validation. And uh, some, I think, will allow you to do bulk upload. But however you do it, make sure that you recheck um, your vendor's legal name and tax ID against uh, the IRS 10 match records, so that if it fails, now you have time because you're doing it in October to reach back out to the vendor and ask for that corrected W-9 because a lot of times they won't always tell you if things change. And then this way, if you ask for it in advance instead of filing and then having the IRS tell you via a CP 2100 or CP 2100A notice, at that point, now you have to do the very manual process of requesting that corrected W-9 using the IRS's B notice. And so it's much more efficient to just reach out to do the validation and then reach out and ask for a corrected W-9 now before you even file. And you avoid penalties and fines that could come with filing that inaccurate information. So that's why October is prime time, but it's also great to have accurate vendor data to avoid fraud all regulatory fines, not just the IRS, um, and then also uh, avoiding the risks that come with bad vendor data like duplicate vendors. Now, since I've already talked about the IRS 10 match, I am not going to include that as one of the three tips. Uh, So here are three other tips of what to include when you clean your vendor master file. Now, the first tip is to revalidate against watch lists. This is what I was talking about when I said, all regulatory fines, right? Making sure you clean your vendor master file because the watch list um, fines, especially again, if you are a U.S. entity, uh, you have to make sure that you are not paying a vendor that is on one of the U.S. Department of Treasury's OFAC or uh, Office of Foreign Asset and Control um, consolidated watch lists. And if you do pay them, then that means it could be both Civil and criminal penalties. So if you do not have a program or a way, for a continuous monitoring. I know some of you do, but if you don't have that, then you need to recheck them. And by the way, this is one of the main reasons why I recommend that you revalidate or clean your vendor master file monthly, because if you think about it, um, you are, one, not supposed to pay vendors that are that appear on these lists, and these lists are not static. So every time you generate a pay file and pay one of these vendors, you really need to have checks that they are not or have not been added to uh, a watch list. So rechecking your vendor's legal name and in some cases combining that with their tax ID against watch lists and other exclusion lists will allow you to find those vendors that were subsequently added to a watch list since they were onboarded or checked last. And I've said this lots of times before, but Things uh, that are going on out there, such as the uh, Russian invasion on Ukraine, does have an effect on these watch lists that really increase the OFAC list, for example, probably other uh, watch lists or exclusion lists as well. So you do need to recheck them. It's not a one and done. And if you're not checking at all at the time of vendor setup or even uh, at the time a vendor uh, submits a request to change their information, I recommend you start doing that ASAP. Now, if you need a resource uh, to find where to click or uh, resources for reference or resource links, to find um, where you can do those validations. You can download my free vendor validation reference list with resource links. That is actually always in the uh, show notes of this podcast. And you can check the different watch, uh, watch list links that may be applicable to your company. I do have on there, I think I have 28 different validations or 28 different um, resource links that you can click on. One of them is definitely OFAC. So you do want to make sure you're checking that because that one actually has some very steep penalties and interest. Uh, every now and again, I go over to, they have a page on, uh, the U S treasury department's, uh, OFAC site where it, uh, they will list like all of the fines that they have, um, Uh, that they have assessed to different companies and it is, it can get very high. I know, um, uh, Facebook was on there and they were in the millions. So you don't want to avoid, or you don't want to, uh, not include the watch list as part of your, uh, initial validation. When you onboard the vendor, um, the additional validation, if you, uh, Uh, update the vendor. And then when you clean your vendor master file, do that as well. Now, if you have a continuous monitoring program, you're all set. But if not, include this first tip when um, when you clean your vendor master file. Now, the second tip when you clean your vendor master file is to make sure you validate your vendor addresses. Now, you may not think that you need to do that, but if you think about it, and this used to happen to us all the time, like me, when I was a practitioner, um, we would send the 1099s and the 1042s out, and then half of them will come back. And I'm exaggerating with half, but we used to send out 24 to 30,000 uh, 1099s every year. And so you can imagine that we did get a percentage of those back. And some of those were due to uh, the vendor's adding. Address not being formatted correctly, so it's not mailable. Now, I don't know of a resource that will tell you whether or not a vendor uh, is connected to that specific address, but You can make sure the address is mailable um, by making sure it's formatted correctly, and you can also check the status of the address as well to make sure it's not vacant or inactive because it's going to come back for that reason. Um, too, or it may come back for that reason as well. And so, if you need a resource for that, again, you can download my free vendor validation reference list with resource links, and check for the address resource that is not USPS. And actually, I should say that is not USPS, the United States Postal Service, or the um, Universal Postal Union or UPU, which is like the USPS, except it's international. There is another resource. I talk about them all the time. And I'll just go ahead and say it. It's smarty.com. But if you go ahead and download the reference list, then it will be on there as well as some other uh, resources that you may need to do your validation. So it's, it'll just be like a one-stop shop. All right. So now to get to the third tip, and that is to inactivate or deactivate vendors with no activity. Now, if you have listened to um, or watched my webinar, listened to some of my podcasts in the past, I always used to say that this step needed to be the first step. However, um, in dealing with duplicate vendors, uh, sometimes you have duplicate vendors that you may have uh, inactivated or you may have duplicate vendors and one of the files may have been the, one of the files that you inactivated. Um, and if you inactivate them first, that means they are not included in all the subsequent validations, but you may need to include them in the subsequent validations in order to do that duplicate validate or that duplicate review like you may need to uh, let's say if you had a vendor that's inactive but the vendor is really a duplicate of another vendor but you wouldn't know that because you've got the wrong vendor legal name on there maybe it's a DBA name maybe it's uh, fat fingered and so you'll kind of never find it so if you do the validations um, first then you might be able to find those those uh, Uh, additional duplicate records. Although I always kind of argue too that if the vendor's information is not accurate, or even if they are part of a duplicate vendor, if you haven't used them, that's more than likely going to be a vendor that uh, would not have survived that duplicate review in the first place. So kind of, if you have the mindset that, yeah, you probably need to check against your deactivated or inactivated um, vendors as well for duplicate vendors. Maybe you can continue to do it, uh, this process first, but that is what I used to do as a practitioner. I would inactivate or deactivate vendors first and then do all the validations with all the remaining inactive or active vendors all that being said, what is really, um, should you consider an inactive vendor? So I, my recommendation is that if your company has not done business with a vendor in 15, 18, 24 months or whatever threshold works for your company, I knew one client that used 16. um, But if that's the case, and that vendor information can be, and should be considered stale. And so what activity should be used to determine if a vendor is inactive. Um, What is that? No activity. So my recommendation is to review a combination of the following activity types. So that's purchase order activity, meaning when was the last purchase order uh, closed? Um, Do they have open purchase orders? Because I know you know this, if they have open purchase orders, um, that vendor record can't be Inactivated or deactivated anyway, they need to remain active. The next uh, type of inactivity or activity is invoice activity. So, when was the last uh, invoice? Also, just like the purchase order, do they have pending invoices? Because if they have pending invoices, they need to remain active. And if they have pending invoices, um, then they may be. Uh, they probably wouldn't be, the information wouldn't be stale anyway because it would be within the 15, 18 or 24 months. Not necessarily though with a purchase order activity. Um, and I should have mentioned this when I talked about purchase orders, but I have seen where some companies will have purchased blank, blanket purchase orders um, open like forever. And if that's the case, that really impedes this process. And so I do recommend you have a a conversation with the purchase order team or the purchasing team. All right. Uh, The next type of activity is payment activity. So when was the last successful payment with the remittance details on file? And this one needs to be included because again, we're trying to make sure that the information is still valid. And if you've made a recent payment or a payment within, you know, whatever threshold of months you determined, then that uh, should be, um, Uh, valid because you can make a successful payment. Now, the last one is vendor record activity. And I included this one because maybe you have some vendors that you really haven't used. Let's say you're using 24 months as your activity threshold and you haven't used them in 23 months and that information is now stale or your vendor or your um, buyer or someone in your company may have recognized this and they may have already submitted requests to to update an existing vendor because they know that information is no longer good. And so if you look at that and you determine that the vendor record information has been updated, then that means that the information is no longer stale. So... Look at the four pieces of inact- of activity types. I'll repeat them again: purchase order, invoice activity, payment activity, and vendor record activity. And if those if those activity types um, have not been ha- or had activity within again, whatever threshold you determine, 15, 18, 24 months, whatever works for your company, then that vendor should be inactivated or deactivated, um, whatever your verbiage is for your accounting system or ERP. Now, vendors that are considered inactive, again, should be inactivated or deactivated, but You don't have to like create a whole new vendor file if you want to do business with them in the future. So the whole point of inactivating them is to trigger the collection of updated information if your company wants to use them again in the future. You can reactivate the same vendor file as long as the tax ID has not changed. If the tax ID has changed, you need to keep that vendor, existing vendor record, inactive and create a whole new one because the payment activity needs to follow the tax ID. Now, one other benefit of this task is that it can also be considered fraud prevention because the less active vendors that you have means that there are less active vendors, vendor records rather, available for internal or external fraud. All right. So that is, Those are the three tips. I'll repeat them again. The first one is to revalidate vendors against watch lists. The second one is to validate your vendor addresses. And the third one is to inactivate or deactivate vendors with no activity. And if you want more tips, like 17 more tips, then you can attend the free 20 Tips in 20 Minutes. It's a webinar series I do every month. And this month, uh, October 18th, from 1 to 1.30 Eastern time, so it's 30 minutes, I'm going to be talking about tips or 20 tips to clean your vendor master file and to keep it clean. So I will have five tips on uh, the vendor master file cleanup strategy. I'll have three tips using your accounting system or ERP. I will have eight tips as the steps to clean your vendor master file. And then I'll have four tips to keep your vendor master file clean. So a total of 20, I've given you three today. So it'll be 17 more. Again check the link in the show notes. All right, so thanks everyone. I hope you enjoyed the 258th episode of the Putting the AP in Happy podcast where accounts payable teams are empowered to protect the vendor master file from fraud. Don't forget to check the show notes for the links mentioned in the podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing and writing a review of my podcast on the platform that you use to listen. Stay happy.